And it also does not include, which I think is really, I think it's a, a, a glaring hole. It does not include... A glory hole? Uh, no. What? You say glory hole? It creates hole? a... No, I did not say glory hole. I said a, a, a gaping hole, a, a big hole in a the theory and the logic. A gaping glory hole? What are you talking about? Sure, it's a glory hole, and I'm going to put my dick in it, and hopefully <laughs> Officer Tim's going to suck me I off. I got your rifle right here. Here's your high-powered yeah, right. automatic weapon. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe say listen to it. <laughs> Alright, so there's nothing more tenacious in my opinion than a Horny woman. small town Alright, yeah, that's fair. But I actually think more than a horny woman Nothing more tenacious than smart a small dinosaur. town. Ooh, god damn it! See, you're throwing some stuff out. Small Horny town smart police. dinosaur. God damn! All right, okay. So more Who identifies l- as a female. Less than that than the horny okay. smart dinosaur who, uh, but but not quite. I feel like, I feel like lo- you want to take this left. somewhere. I should let you just take it. I don't mind. Um, no, but uh, is is a small town municipality. <laughs> Uh, with a speed trap, with a speed God. trap in western Kansas. So, uh, you, and, and you remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Did okay, somebody so get a I, speeding ticket? Well, here's the thing. It, this is what's so funny about it is, uh, <laughs> so when uh, we got the divorce, and then uh, like a week later, as you recall, I, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm getting the fuck, I'm going to Kansas for a week. I got to get my head clear. I, I have to be around my mom and eat food and, and yeah. just... Just kind of deal with that. So the first day was, as you recall, was really, I, I mean, like at least four times I thought about, I seriously pondered what would it be like if I just at 75 miles an hour just jerked the wheel and fucking just died in a crash. Yeah. And the next day had that giddy, well, what else could possibly go wrong? How could my life be any worse? I'm going to listen to fucking Van Halen and Aerosmith at 80 miles an hour and drive with my arm out the window and I'm just going to fucking sing at the top of my lungs and have a great time. And of course, as I told you at the time, I ended up getting pulled over outside of Hayes, Kansas because the way, and this is the way Western Kansas is, is it's, hey, here's an 80 mile an hour highway, mm-hmm. right? And you're going... But like every eight to 10 minutes of that drive, you hit this tiny, you know, one horse town with a fucking gas station and a grain silo that all of a sudden, and I mean, it's like, I'm just driving along and all of a sudden 55, 45, 35, stop. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, so that's what it is. And it's like every 10 minutes. So you really can't get any rhythm. And if you're jamming to some fucking hot for teacher, you're not really paying that much attention. (laughs) So, of course, I got pulled over outside of Hayes, Kansas, and I was very pleasant, and the woman, the cop, while she was very serious, I was very upbeat, um, and she gave me the ticket, and it was a $260 ticket, which I thought oh was my ridiculous. God. How fast were you going? Oh, I was going 80 and a 55. I mean, it wasn't like I was... A, well, that is I'm 35 over. That is... That yeah, is um... I'm... 
Yeah, but yeah. I'm in a Prius. It's not like I'm in a Lamborghini going 150 miles an hour. It's it's a fucking pre- anyway. I yeah. I didn't argue with him. Yeah. So you know, I got I got to Kansas. I did my thing. I just kind of stuffed it in the lot. But so I get back to to Vegas. I'm like, yeah, I got to pay this ticket, and I kind of let it sit there, maybe maybe for like a week, right? Maybe two weeks. It wasn't a long time. Yeah. But then the other thing is, then I then I tried to call them, and they they at the time they would not take an electronic uh, payment. Oh my god! Right? They said it has to be the woman that I talked to was it has to be a check or a money order. Mm-hmm. So well, I you know who the fuck pays with checks? So I looked through my <laughs> shit and I found I found an old book of checks that was still connected to my account, although it had the Chicago the division address. Yeah. So I fill so I fill it out. I pop it in the mail, and I don't think about it anymore. Right? I've paid my fine. Right. Right. So when we get when I finally in September get to Kansas, at one point Eric Wilson, who's been forwarding my mail to me, forwards me, and there is a thing from Hayes, Kansas, saying you haven't paid the fine. Oh God! So I went in. So I went into my bank account, and I found the canceled check. It's been paid, right? Mm-hmm. I took a screenshot and I emailed it to them and said. This is proof that I've paid. If you can see that you, you, you've you know, taken your, my money, the county of Ford, Kansas, took my money. So uh, I hope this closes the matter. Thank you. <laughs> and again, didn't even think about it. Right. So the other day, my mom, and it's so funny because my mom and dad, you know, it's like now they're in their house, and I've got my place. So we've kind of we're 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 working. You know, it's like ah, oh, yeah. I don't feel quite so much like a leech, mm-hmm. even though my mom would never call me a leech. But it's just sort of like I got my shit. I'm getting my shit together, and we're sitting and watching Tough as Nails, the finale of that reality show, because mom loves that. What is Tough as Nails? It. Just it's basically the guy the guy that does oh, Amazing Race. Is this the Netflix he gets, thing? Like, working? Like, no, oh. no. This is uh, on Paramount, and it's it's basically it's sort of like Survivor except working class. Okay. Uh, like blue collar workers and all the challenges are like drywall this or, you know, uh, build, build a car from a, I would, you know, it's I would really think entertaining. If it's, if it's a blue collar thing, just the survival, like the, the gimmick in it is just um, pay your bills on a working class, middle class salary in America, in modern America. That is, well, that's the survival that is, that's alone. That's survival. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really more like a game show. What the, what the real twist is, and that's why I, I actually really like it, is that you have two teams of like 10 people, and they're all from all like, you know, they're pipe fitters and they're fucking welders and they're carpenters and all this kind of stuff. And instead of anybody being voted off, they do team challenges, and then there is... A tough and Ill individual challenge. No one ever gets voted off, but they they if they lose a challenge and they lose the overtime challenge, then that person clocks out. So that means that they're no longer in contention for the two hundred thousand dollars in the truck, but they still can participate in the team challenges and they make money in the team challenges. So it's like it's it really very inclusive. It's very team building kind of thing, and I like it. Anyway, we're watching it. And my dad says, and you know, at, at one point, mom has to pause it because uh, the dog has to pee. And my dad says, <laughs> did you give Donnie his mail? And mom looks at him, and she has this look, and it seems a lot. She goes, after the show. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So when she's going to, yeah, right? I'm like, what the? Well, I look over, and I can't find any mail for me. 
And then I see a rolled up piece of paper, three pieces of paper that are stapled together, rolled up and held by one of the thinnest, shittiest rubber bands you'll ever see, right? Okay. And so I look at this. So I start to open it and the rubber band breaks. That's how slime, slimy this little, you know. Yeah. And it is an official summons to court in Dodge City in May. And they, that it requires that I bring all of the, like the last two years of my tax returns and verification of wage. I mean, it is definitely scare tactics. Yeah. And I look at this while well, my mom's freaked out. I think on par part of her, she thinks I'm still like my nephew who's like 25 mm -hmm. and doesn't actually pay his fines. And, yeah. you know, so I think she gets this. I said, no, I, I did pay it. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fucking sure. Um, she goes, oh, and then she starts getting worried about, oh, but those cops, traffic stops, any, any kind of traffic stop, people die in traffic stop. I said, mom, I survived the traffic stop. Yeah, the traffic this stop is, is done. We're, yeah, we're good. Yeah, this is not that. But anyway, so I said, I said, I'm not going to worry about it. So I go home and I look at it and it, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. First of all, an official summons doesn't get rubber banded to the mailbox without an envelope. Yeah. That just doesn't happen, that's right? Weird. Yeah. And the second thing is I look, I look it up and I, it's like, all right, so the court trustee, the district court trustee who's listed, um, she has a P.O. box and a Yahoo email address. Nope. So, well, no, wait a minute. I'm thinking this is sketch. So, yeah, and there's, there's a couple of other things that I find kind of sketchy about this document. I mean, like the back page is from the Sedgwick County Police. And she signed it, but there's nothing filled out in the page. There's no list of what I owe, any of that. I kind thought of stuff. So Sedgwick I County, I thought it was Ford County. Well, Sedgwick County, basically what it looks like is that Ford County was trying to get a hold of me. They wanted their money. They sent it to Sedgwick County, which is where I'm at now. Okay. And the Sedgwick County of Police presented the, the, the summons. So anyway, okay. so I called the Sed so I get home and I'm like, all right, and the next day I call Sedgwick County. And they confirmed that, yes, uh, that was an official summons. And I said, well, I said, why isn't anything filled out? Huh? <laughs> why isn't anything filled out? I said, there's nothing. I mean, there's no details about this other than I've got to come to court in May and bring all my fucking documents. So what, what is this? Oh, I don't know. Somebody did that. So then I look up. I know. So then I look up. Then I look up this district court trustee. And it turns out she is an attorney. She is... The, the district court trustee for the county of Ford in Hayes, Kansas. Um, I, I do a reverse lookup on her phone number she's got, and sure enough, it is county of Ford, all this kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, so it's starting to look legit, but so it's either this is a scam or this is just some fucking backwater hayseed town. Yeah. Well, it turns out... It's both. that <laughs> well, well, it is not a scam. And the reason I, I'm convinced it's not, I mean, it might still, it might have been a scam, but I don't think so because I called the police department in Ford. Apparently they only have three police. Oh. In the whole, in the whole town. And, uh, and because they only have three police, they outsource their administrative stuff to this attorney who probably got it off the box of a, you know, the back of a, a, a Cere cereal box. box. Yep. But. So I call her. Finally, I, I've, I've kind of gone through it. I've kind of confirmed that, yes, but I still want. So I call her, and she gets on the phone, and I said, yeah. I said, uh, I don't know what this is about, um, but it seems a little sketchy, a little scammy. She goes, what do you think scammy about it? So I explained to her all the red flags on this documentation and the way it was presented and all that kind of stuff. 
And she's just not, she's not buying it. I said, here's the thing. I'm, I'm glad to pay whatever it is you guys. I said, I can prove that I paid the fine. So I'm not sure what I owe. Well, apparently because I didn't, I didn't read my ticket because I did not pay it within 10 business days. There's a $37 fee. Okay. And so I said, all right. I said, well, do you me, do me a favor? I said, because I'm not going to pay you anything unless I see something official. I said, uh, and I said, if you happen to have an official County of Ford Hayes, Kansas uh, email, I would love it if you could send me all the documentation. I want all the documentation I needed because I don't know. I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to say you're lying. I just don't believe you. There's too many scams in this world. And I'm, and I'm, and I said, and I'm half expecting you to tell me that I have to pay my fine through uh, with a CVS uh, Visa card. And I said, and you know, I said, so I'm not sure I buy any of this. And she kind of laughed, but she didn't think it was very funny. So I get off the phone, she sends me, and it is all, it's the ticket with my signature. It's a picture of my uh, driver's license. I mean, it's, and it's the official summons and it comes from an email address that is legitimately a government email address. Yeah. And I said, all right. So I call her back and I said, all right. I said, so can you take, can you take stuff over the phone or do I have to send you another freaking money order? And she goes, no, we can take it over the phone now. So I paid the $37, but all I could think of was the amount of energy mm -hmm. and effort that they went through to get 37 bucks. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, and I would like to see, I, I think that if we got those small town police and put them in charge of say the IRS or the FBI, um, we would have we would have far more money in the coffers for America. We have no debt problem, and we oh. probably wouldn't have any mass shootings because these motherfuckers don't let go of that bone. I mean, I can't believe how tenacious they were to get thirty seven bucks. Yeah, man. I mean, they they don't have anything else to do. That's where all their resources go, because yep. that's the action. That's the hot action is, is That's speeders. And they do set it up, you know, driving down to Katie's parents' house, it's the same thing. It's like speed trap goes from, I think it's maybe like 55 to, you know, whatever, to like 30. Just like, yeah, thump. over like, Instantly, yep. Um, yeah, what else are they going to do? There's no, there's no black people in those towns for them to harass. There's no, there's not enough teenagers for them to harass. So... Yeah, I mean, in Flossmoor, where I grew up, where there was not a lot of crime, and the crime that there was, like, I was doing most of it. So, <laughs> but there was this guy, we called him Officer Tim. He was, he was like a, oh shit, what do you call it? He wasn't a cop, he was a safety officer. You know, so he doesn't, he didn't have a gun. Yeah. Yeah, he's not official, but uh, he's got a badge. And the only thing worse <laughs> than a cop with a chip on their shoulder. Is a, a safety officer. <laughs> Talk about or, something to prove. Oh, yeah. This fucking yeah. guy. So I was, we were probably like maybe sophomores in high school, maybe freshmen. But we crossed Flossmoor Road as like the, the main, the busy road that would go from like either my junior high or high school, cross the road, and then we were in my neighborhood, and then it's just all like little neighborhood side streets. <clears throat> And Flossmoor Road's a two-lane highway. Like, it's not even super busy, but it's... Anyway. Yeah. So, apparently, and not unusually, 
we jaywalked across. We just, you know, there were no cars. We just crossed the street and we walked back to my house. Ten minutes later, Officer Tim comes hauling ass <laughs> down my street. At, I mean, it had to have been 60, 70 miles an hour. I mean, just wow. barreling it, this down. Was, yeah, this was serious. This is John Wick territory. Yeah, yeah and we're outside of my driveway, like, shooting hoops, and you know, with the basketball out on the driveway. And he, woo! And he's got, he's got, a, he's got no lights on his car, but he's got a siren. <laughs> so we hear the siren coming and there's the car we're just like what the f-? and he like you know good day to die hard swings it around stops blocks the street like total fucking action movie gets out and he's all you know kind of pudgy portly fucking safety cop loser idiot and he's like what he does he does show choir he does show choir on his off days you know he's a he's that pudgy yeah Pudgy guy that sings with the show choir in the Glee Club. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, he, so you know, with, he, the, yeah. with the the sequin vests and he. Yeah, yeah, and then he puts on his, his uniform and he has to get all badass. His yeah. special solo that the community just loves is when he does uh, <laughs> "Escape" Pina Colada song. Like he just loves Rupert Holmes. Met him once backstage at a county fair. God, when I when I finally retire from the force. Tim, honey, you're not on the force. When I finally retire from the force, I'm just gonna drink pina coladas all day. That's like his. You yeah, know. he watches Leith. He watches Lethal Weapon, and then and then in in regular conversation quotes Bill Gibson. And uh, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Danny Glover, but yeah, uh, right. Well, I know, but well, he, the, he quotes Mel Gibson. But the one Danny Glover thing he likes. To oh quote yeah, yeah. Is, I'm too old for this shit. And yeah. the thing is, he's more Leo Getz than he is either. Of the other two. 100%. 100%. So, so yeah, he whips the car around, gets out of the car, and starts screaming at us for jaywalking. And we're like, wait, what are you... Oh, crossing the street 10 minutes ago? Okay, dude, what... Okay, what are you going to... What? Yeah, what are you going to do to it? And, like, I guess he... I don't know if he couldn't write tickets or just didn't. Like, he didn't... He just, like, got out and screamed at us and then got back in his car... And, like, politely then just left. It was the weirdest for him. But, he, like, he yelled at us for, like, 10, 15 minutes. Just, like... Oh, yeah, it's the lecture. It's the lecture. Losing his mind about the safety of the community and all this other shit. And, and at one point, I, don't, I can't remember which, I think it was my friend Will, was like, do you see how fast you were driving and there are children, like, <laughs> playing outside? That's not yeah. what we're here to talk about. It's not my safety. Like, fuck. Dude, I wonder where Officer Tim is now. I wonder if he did retire from the quote-unquote force. Like, even if he was on the force, you're a Flossmore cop at best. Officer Tim, (laughs) no, Officer Tim is now probably in his late 50s, early 60s. Oh, I think he was in his, like, 40s in the 90s. Oh, okay. So he's a really old guy, and he he sits in his little tiny house in Flossmore, and dreams of mass shooting. He dreams of taking yeah. a gun and going and just shooting a whole bunch of people because his life just didn't work out the way he wanted oh, it I to. Oh, I think it's different. I think he dreams of being the one who stops who stops the mass oh, shootings. He wants to be the guy. Oh, do you remember the what's the Clint Eastwood made a movie about the it was the 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 Atlanta uh, Olympics bombing. 
And they had that guy that was like that this rent-a-cop kind of guy oh, that was there. And yeah. he was the one that discovered it. And then they destroyed his life because they said he was the one that planted the bomb. And it totally wasn't him. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It was yeah. like this turd who just happens to be in the right place at the right time. That would be Officer Tim. Officer Tim couldn't stop mass shooting. Nobody can apparently stop mass shootings. Well, apparently, okay, so here's, is, here's one of the things I want to ask you about, because I don't want to get into the specifics of any specific mass shooting, because at this point, there's so many of them, and they're so routine, that, that where they're at and who gets killed no longer even matters. Well, I, um, does, I, mean, I mean, it, it does, does. It does matter, but in terms of sort of, all right, here's the thing. I looked this up on the, on the FBI uh, database. Now, here, the thing to, to know is that a mass shooting, by def, as defined by the FBI, is four or more injuries or deaths by one shooter, uh, which I think is a pretty low bar. It does for feel like a low a bar. Mass yeah. yeah, I think mass shooting should be like at least 15 or 20, you know, but whatever. Okay, I'm, you know, I'll go with the four. Um, and it also does not include, which I think is really, I think it's a, a, a glaring hole. It does not include... A glory hole? Uh, no, what? You say glory hole? It creates hole? a... No, I did not say glory hole. I said a, a, a gaping hole, a, a big hole in a the theory and the logic. A gaping glory hole? What are you talking about? Sure, it's a glory hole, and I'm going to put my dick in it, and hopefully <laughs> Officer Tim's going to suck me I off. I got your rifle right here. Here's your high-powered yes, right. automatic weapon. Right. But the the big hole in the, uh, in, the, in the logic is that they do not include if it's a crime beyond the mass shooting. So in other words, if, if you're robbing a liquor store... Mm -hmm. If David Himmel decides I've got to rob a liquor store just because you just, you know, you jaywalk, you're obviously hey man, a criminal. Saturday night, kids are with the grandparents. What yeah, is, you know, let's exactly. Nuts. Let's yeah. go. So you go in and you rob a liquor store and you happen to shoot four or five people <laughs> in, the, in the commission of that crime. That's not considered a mass shooting. That's not considered a mass shooting, even though it fits the criteria because a mass shooting it, has to be the only the part of the crime to yeah, is the yeah, killing. Okay. All right, so in 2014, there were 273 mass shootings in the United States. 273. And as you jump, jump up to 2018, we had 336. So it's not a big jump, but it's, a, you know, it, it's, it's rising. In 2022, we had 647 God mass shootings dear. in the United States. And in the first seven weeks of 2023, we've had 67. In the first... Seven weeks, that's like, that's like 10 per week. So the question that I have yeah. is, beyond the easy answers of access to guns, or it's all lonely white men, yeah. and they, you know, they've, you know, they, they feel like their dominant place in society has been uh, subverted. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, what is going on? Like, why, why the spike in frequency? Um, yeah. It's 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 well. I when mean, did part of it when is, did they yeah. when did they create the four or more? Like when did they define mass shootings? I mean, I don't think it that's it was defined between 2017 and 2022 or 2023. Like no, no, it was existed. it was ba based on what this is, and that's why the 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 numbers go back to 2014. I would guess I don't have actual numbers, okay. but I would guess it was some somewhere around 2014 okay. when they said this is what this is how we're gonna classify a mass shooting. I feel like that is recent. I feel like that I I can remember yeah. when like that came out like this is how we're doing it now honestly yeah. I, I what i think it is yeah beyond access mental health that we have a, a growing nation of um pissed off officer tims even though he wants to save it but you, you get the beta male thing yeah, yeah I, 
I think it's that um, it's more encouraged now to actively air your grievances in whatever way you want. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm not going to put this all on Donald Trump. I'm not that myopic. But I think that there's something to be said ab- about it. When Trump says things like, I can walk out on the street on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue or whatever he said and still get elected. Like that that whole thing back in, you know, when he was running the first time. Um, you know, there, there's been an empowerment to air your grievances and just say whatever the hell you want. Like we no longer have to you know, kind of couch our racism or our misogyny or trans uh, hatred, you know, whatever. You can just... Whatever it happens to be, yeah. People are just like, no, just say it now. Just do it. And I think people are empowered to live their truth, take matters into their own hands, seize their day. And whether that is living your best life... um, being overweight or living your best life as an alcoholic or living your best life as a white girl in a hat who brunches or living your best life as somebody who takes his shit out on his mom or an ex-girlfriend that was never his girlfriend and blasts up a mall or a school or whatever. You know, I'm just, I'm doing me. I I think that that's part of it is that this culture of, hey, just do whatever you want. And look, everybody else is doing it. You can do it too. I think it's, it's yeah, not, I, not that mass shootings are encouraged, but I think that that's that there's an encouragement to do to, to do that sort of thing. Live your if, best live life, your best sort of life. Yeah. yeah. I also I also think, and it's because I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. That that's part of it. I also and, think part of it is well, and so and one one other thing is like it's the victimizing or the the victimizing of the self and the blaming the others. For all of your shit, right? Like it's, it's not your fault that um, you know Kim Bartholomew didn't like you, and so you're going to go back to your high school where she rejected you and bless it up. It's 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 their fault. It's their it's it's the Columbine thing. You know, it's the, fuck the jocks and yeah, fuck the jocks for being assholes. But Jesus, no, don't fucking shoot them and shoot everybody else in the school. Just beat the shit out of those asshole jocks. After school, you know, like well, we jump them outside the Seven yeah. Eleven after school, whatever. But yeah, I also think, and, and I, I do agree with both those points. I, <laughs> I also think there's 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 something to be said. Be, uh, there's something to be said for, and I read an article in the Atlantic, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's based on a book. But basically, one of one of the, I'm going to say like six signs or portents that indicate you're you're headed for a civil war. I mean, this is from civil wars all over history. Yeah. Is is a lack of unity and a focus on um, identitarian sort of uh, political thing is that when you break when you break your society up into smaller and smaller tribes, it, and it becomes us versus them. When it's black versus white and black versus Asians and black versus Mexicans and white versus this and straight versus gay and gay versus trans. When when you start to break things up and instead of saying Instead of having sort of a common sense of the social contract of society, mm-hmm. um, when it's everybody out for themselves in smaller and smaller tribes, the idea of of sort of like creating, you know, not not, not to bring up the Nazis, but sort of a final solution in smaller ways is, 
it seems to be so, you know, so it's like if I can't get what I want and they're attacking me on a regular basis, I'm being attacked. You know, I mean, it. I just, I just watched a video, and this was in Ohio, I think, where like a teacher's aide, and she was probably five five, maybe weighed 112 pounds. Um, she took this. There was this uh, six foot six, 270 pound black student. She took his Nintendo Switch from him because he was playing it in class, mm-hmm. and he beat the. Li- I mean, it was a brutal motherfucking beating. I mean, just beat the shit out of her on camera. Of course, they arrested him. But what was, what was, where does that come from? Where that's not even that that's okay. Where that that seems that's the best solution at present is I don't have any control over my rage. I have no sense of unity, and I don't have any sense of the social contract that I'm just going to go. Yeah. beat the living shit out of a small woman because she took my toy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, and ultimately, it, here's, here's one of the things that I read not too long ago. Uh, I just want to read this real quick. Um, I can't remember what the article, but it, 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 it's, it's basically an article about the Lost Boys. Because, yeah. yes, mass shootings pretty much across the board happen by men, and most of them are white. I mean, like, the majority, the vast majority are white. Yeah. So... Here's the quote. The Lost Boys are mostly young and male, largely middle or working class, frustrated by their own social awkwardness. They are so often described as loners that the trope has been around from as early as the 1980s. But these young males, no matter how quiet, are filled with an astonishing level of enraged resentment and entitlement about how their roles as men about their roles as men, and they seek rationalizations for inflicting violence on a society they think has both ignored and injured them. They become what the German writer Hans Magnus Anzenberger called radical losers, unsuccessful men who feel that they have been denied their dominant role in society and who then can channel their blunted male social impulses toward destruction. Yeah, there's... I think the, that's the, overstated. The role, let, let me let me let me let me just I'll, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Is it, to me, I don't think any single mass shooter in the last seven weeks or even in the last couple of years sat in a room and said, "I am I've been denied my dominant role in society," and thinks about their masculinity in this way and thinks about their astonishing level of resentment and entitled no what they think about is i got fired i had a girl Mm. who i thought was my girlfriend and she you know it's like it it is wait the thing is i love the concept that if we if we have sociology sort of flatten everything into a category then we can understand it better but the reality is human nature is far more complicated than that and while that might be something in the background, the reality is almost every single one of these mass shootings has a personal reason, and that personal reason is what sets them off. And well, it's the straw that broke the camel's and, uh, yeah. back. But what's what's the yeah. rest, what's the rest of the shit on the camel's back? And I think that it's uh, you know how, how we define manhood in modern America. <clears throat> excuse me is tricky for the simple-minded, 
and 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 <laughs> well, it is. And I'm, it, you know, because you're supposed to be, for a lot of these guys, like the middle class, they probably grew up like men take care of the family, men provide, men are the hunters and gatherers. They're, you know that that traditional patriarchal whatever like that that exists but at the same time they're modern or they're they're living in modern america which is men also share their feelings and men are sensitive and and there's this this contradiction that exists and i think a lot of these shooters they realize that they're not providing they don't know how to provide they're failing on the alpha male side of things or the traditional side of things as men so they shift to be s- sensitive and like and 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 the, the softer side of Sears, and when they get rejected for that as well, well then they're stuck in the middle, going, "I'm not, I'm not A, and I'm not B." So what the fuck am I? Well, I don't know, and society won't help me figure it out. They're telling me to be one thing, I can't do that, or they won't let me be that. So I'm gonna try the other thing, they won't let me be that now either. Well, fuck, fuck you, fuck you. Oh, and now I got fired. Oh, fuck this shit. Well, I okay, think that's so what let it me is. back so it's this wanna, long journey wanna, to wanna, the breaking point. I'm gonna make. All right, so let me give you an archetype. Let me give you a uh, a, a straw man, okay? Um, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, you have a fifty-seven-year-old man who had a job <laughs> and worked really hard and was married <laughs> and uh, and discovered uh, bizarrely that for the last two and a half years of his marriage, his wife was not just in an affair with another guy. Ooh, that's rough. But but was was a prostitute and was fucking literally over the course of two and a half years at least a hundred, oh maybe hundred and fifty random men for money. I and can't he even didn't imagine. Know. So he's like he's the ultimate cuckold. Yeah. I mean he's like the ultimate cuckold. Like in cuckoldry, that's huge. This guy he's fifty seven. He is he divorced. a white guy? Is he a he's a white guy? Okay. He comes from a middle class background. Hmm. All he has is a bachelor's degree. Yeah. You know, and so he he ends up, he's fifty seven year olds, he's white, he's completely been emasculated. Yeah. He has no job prospects, so he moves back home in with his parents to oh, this guy's starting just to sound, sort of like this is starting to sound like I mean, a powder keg. I'm right, you know, I mean, it's like, holy shit, this guy is is ripe based on every metric, every description of that loner, radical loser, uh, resentment and entitlement about their roles as men. Can I ask a question about this guy? Well, yeah, because I'm curious about why this guy... Did he grow up watching a lot of uh, violent films, say... From oh the yeah, 80s, uh, a lot of oh like, yeah. He, Rambo. he idolized Rambo, sure, okay. and he loves John Wick, and he played Grand Theft Auto to a point that where at one point he he was playing so much Grand Theft Auto that he could he had to stop himself from actually opening car doors and jacking cars sure, yeah. because he was just the net. Na- yeah. This guy is is really in every single way. Mm-hmm. You know, he did the alpha male thing, realized that that wasn't. I mean, he also tried to be very sensitive with his wife and like really. Kind of, kind of, you know, because he wasn't a great. This, oh, by the way, this is his third divorce. It's not oh, his lo- first that's divorce. A lot this of, is that's his a lot third of divorce. A lot of heartbreak. He has, he has no children. He now, he now has a job. He now lives by himself. So the question is, why isn't that guy motivated to get a an AR fifteen and go someplace and just start blowing people away? Because I can't think that that guy. Mm. is so vastly superior and evolved as a human being 
that he is better than or smarter than any of these other mass shooters. I, I th- so my question is, why hasn't he gone? Why hasn't he yeah. gone off the fucking edge and, and, and created this horrible thing? Give it time. <laughs> I, no, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, why? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because other than to say, you know, very generally, well, because Don, not everyone's the same, and you know, the the which the is data, my point the about the data the doesn't isn't a certainty, yeah. and yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's tricky. Everything is tricky. Humans are complicated. They are. What is was 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 there one thing in that straw man's life that just like, you, no matter what. You don't shoot up a school, you know. Like that's well, just you like know, maybe so I one thing. And, and, and well, and I guess that's to my point. That's why I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting sort of exper- thought. Experiment. I mean, well, and let's. I mean, let's ask the you question. Know? Like, what's the interesting I guns? Think I mean, we, you know, there's we flatten, we flatten out, we flatten out um, people into these very broad sociological categories, and think that somehow we're solving the problem by knowing this, but the reality is it's a lot more complicated yeah. than simply mental health. It's a lot more complicated than the concept of the radical loser who feels like his dominant role in society has been subverted. It's a lot more, It's it, and the thing is, while it is more complicated, it's also a lot more simple. It's It's the jump to it must have been a white man and it must have been a racist racist thing but then when you look at the guy who shot up the the chinese you know sex parlor yeah you know his his if you looked at if, you know and people don't want to believe it he was a white guy so it, obviously it was anti asian hate no actually if you listen to him it was that he was super super christian right and was fuck and and was was fucking asian whores and he was so bent up with guilt and yeah. frustration that he had to kill the demon and that was what he did that's yeah. not the profile of columbine if you look at columbine they were literally those guys were literally asking people if they were christians and if they were they were killing them yeah so it wasn't just these crazy kids. And I think that's the thing. Because we don't understand it, we try to kind of mash it into this reduced thing. It is more complicated than that. It is way more complicated than that. I, I mean, when Columbine happened, because, you know, for sake of easy argument, like America's sure. first big mass shooting. In, first publicized, in, yeah. You big, know, in, big public, yeah. yeah. Big public. And that was what, April 20th? Because it was like on Hitler's birthday or something. It was like 420 or something. But whatever. It was, it was April of 99. I was in college. I was writing for the school paper at the time. And I can remember when this whole thing happened. Um, you know, everybody was instantly like, oh, these guys are monsters. They're crazy. How could they do this? The trench coat mafia. And I pumped the brakes a little bit and thought, well, yeah. I mean, these guys are f- f- fucking monsters. You know, you, you shouldn't just kill a whole bunch of people. Like, that's, that's just not okay. But why? What went into it? What is, like, there's got to be more to it than just these two assholes that were like, hey, fuck it, let's just kill everybody. Like, what? how do you get to that point? Because yeah. I have been, I, you know, I have felt rejected and confused of who I am and angry at the, shit, man. I, and I think, I think we've talked about this, that I wrote in one of my creative writing classes in college, I wrote a story about some kids who set 
charges up all over a university campus and blew up the campus. Now, they made sure that there were no people. They just wanted to make a point about, I don't even remember what, like, what the plot thread was. <laughs> but, like, it was, you know, essentially like a mass destruction, like, we're going to take take them down. Yeah, whoever they may yeah. yeah. Um, did I, but have I actually ever thought, well, I should go and take my, my frustration out on whatever. No, because you just don't do that. But you're right. Like, what is, and do I have, like, was I interested in guns? I mean, look, I've been hunting. I've, I, I, I have a rifle in my house. I don't have any ammunition for it, but it's, it was my grandfather's, you know, 22 rifle. I could get ammunition for, I mean, it's a 22, but you see that my, my point, and we've talked about yeah. like, my thinking on my feeling on guns and everything. Um, I, yeah. What, what is the, I've read so much Punisher war journal, you know, like I'm, I understand oh, yeah. like the John Wick thing. I like, I understand Frank Castle. Like it. I'm going to hurt the people that hurt me. That's that's well, what it's, Punisher it's is. Batman, you know? It's Batman. It's Batman. Yeah. It's every vigilante sure. kind of concept. If those guys, it's why I love the boys because it's sort of the concept. If we actually had superheroes, they would probably be monsters, and they would probably uh, be run by a corporation. Yeah, and they would be the worst human beings alive. Yeah, because they're super powerful and nothing can stop them. And and that's you know and. Well, one of the things I think is is fascinating. It's because you you make that comment. It's like prior to, and then I don't remember when the switch up is probably. It was probably around 2014, 2017, because that was when you know Ferguson was. I think Ferguson was 2014. 2014. Yep. You know, I think we started. That was when Black Lives Matter became a hashtag and things like that. I think we went from, oh, they're obviously insane. Yeah. Which is not accurate. It is a flattening. It is absolutely mm-hmm. substanceless. It's a great assumption, but assumptions are almost always wrong. Yeah. To they obviously are racist. Right. To they are obviously sexist or misogynistic or whatever. And the fact is, all of it's more complicated than that. And so, Dylan Roof, yeah, that was absolutely racially motivated. Yeah. He shot up a fucking black church there was no question that that was racially motivated but the guy at pulse who killed the pulse you know Mm -hmm. they went Mm -hmm. to the pulse nightclub was gay himself so it wasn't like he hated gays there was something else going on and because we're too lazy to actually be the hayes Ford County fucking cops that are going to be dogmatic to find the truth, to get that $37 because we're so fucking lazy just as a society. It's just easier to accept the broad strokes bullshit that the media feeds everybody that things are just more complicated. It, it, it That's the thing I think is interesting is what you talked about earlier. We are encouraged in this day and age to live our truth and to respect our truth. However, if we don't like that person, then we don't live. We don't respect their truth. Right. We don't buy their truth. I mean, if if you are, I mean, it's one of the things I think is the most fascinating. It really is fascinating to me. It's like not all, and, I, and this thing is not all transgender men or women are rabid fucking assholes. <laughs> but there is a contingent. Well, there is a contingent yeah. 
where it's you will respect. I want you to respect my lived experience. I want you to expect my respect my pronouns and my choice to be this thing. And if you don't, then I'm going to threaten your life. I'm going to say shitty things about you. I'm going to do everything I can to be as hateful to you as I. And I'm going to scream with as much vitriol as I can. Is be better, be kind. Yeah. Which makes no upset. It makes no sense. So I think that and the the lesson here and I. God, I can't believe that this is where that this is where we are. But yeah. America needs to be more like Officer Tim, and and really get into the absurd nitty gritty of jaywalking and getting the thirty seven dollars, so we could figure out how to stop this. Yeah. Kind of shit. I, I, oh, oh man, that gets that gets really close to authoritarianism. But I can't say I, this is honestly. This is why because people just naturally. This is the thing. Societies naturally want authoritarian regimes. It, it, democracy is not something that is a natural uh, instinct in humanity. What we want is we want somebody in charge to tell us what to do and to and and to absolutely police them. They don't want to be police themselves, but police them. Yeah. Except that everybody is somebody else's them. Right. And 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 so that's a really that's it's complicated. It's very but complicated. Humans will always ruin things. Yeah. We're just true. because we're it's just humans being humans. And it is complicated and twisted and you know, uh, I mean, yeah, dude, like, when you talk, going back to the straw man, that you, you, which very, I love the specifics you came up with. I don't know where you're, I mean, you have such a great creative mind to create I, that well, straw that's, man. The, actually, actually, I can't take credit for that. I actually read a book that is available now on Amazon.com oh, called I Married a Prostitute. It's called I Married oh, a Prostitute. Okay. You can find it on Amazon. I read that book and I went, wow, that's a pretty specific guy. Yeah, but like, why hasn't that guy, it, do we just give him time? Is that it? Is he just, Maybe. is he waiting for his 60th birthday? I guess we'll find out in three years. And now, we're sack of the news. Our first Rorschach this week, my good friend. God, I love this headline so much. This <laughs> MAGA is the mullet of politics. <laughs> the disaster. You know my own, the disaster in it. East Palestine. Palestine? Whatever. Palestine. Palestine. Has revealed Trumpism to be the populist in the front and corporatist in the back. You know, honest to God, uh, even though I liked, I've, we just, I've just spent time talking about not flattening people into categories. <laughs> Man, there is nothing more accurate than MAGA being the mullet of America because it really, it genuinely is. I'm in the middle of fucking Wichita, Kansas. Trust me, I'm I I I don't talk politics with a lot of people outside of my very small, tiny circle of family because man. Oof. Well, one of the things, uh, mom, and, mom and I went to the Monster Jam, and she was thinking about wearing her uh, her resist shirt. 
Oh no, you know? honey. And 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 decided and, and decided no, this is probably not the crowd. Read the room and read the room because that's not gonna because I just was surrounded by the fucking mullet of America and uh, and I did see. I'll be honest with you. At the mansion, there were a fair number of MAGA hats, which. Is to see somebody wearing them in public is just sort of like what? That's the thing <laughs> is you're empowered now to like to red shirt or brown <laughs> shirt this shit. Like you're just gonna wear your brown yeah. shirts out. Like that's just yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good headline. Uh, I don't need to read the story because I know the headline is so fundamentally true. <laughs> Malcolm X's family is suing the CIA, the FBI, and the New York Police Department. Have you heard about? It's because you know. Have you, have you heard about this? Per, I have heard yeah. about it. My perspective on this is, I think, I think in in terms of justice, yeah, that uh, that that yeah, the CIA, FBI, and the, yeah, they were fuckers. They were they, they, that was pretty ugly stuff. On the other hand, the reason they're suing them is not for justice. The reason they're suing them is because the only person in their whole fucking family that mattered in the world was Malcolm X, and they don't have any fucking money, and nobody gives a shit what they have to say. So they're going to sue <laughs> so they can get some money. They're going to get some money. If they were suing for justice to be done and not money, I would have a different perspective. But the fact is not one of those motherfuckers has done a goddamn thing for racial equity or justice. And so they're hanging it on the one guy in their family who probably most of them never met. Yeah, I mean, they're saying that they want answers, that there's been cover-up on who really killed him. So it's like they're trying to get some... They're they're using this as a way to get answers for who killed That's what they say. That's what they say. But what they're really doing is they want some cash and, uh, and some credibility that they no longer have based i mean to me it's it would be like me saying i'm going to sue the nazis for my dead grandfather's legacy it's like no nah, i'm sorry it, it like i get yeah. it if you want to find answers there are other ways to find answers than suing them in court because you they're going to lose and if they do win they're not going to get answers they're going to get money that's just it. I think we got to be careful of what we say here because just in case George Santos is listening, he might take that idea and be like, oh, that's a new one. Thanks, Don. <laughs> All right. Um, so there was a moment last week where Roald Dahl's uh, book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, was no longer I, going I, to feature the words fat. Fat, ugly. Yeah, yeah. I read. I wrote about that. I wrote about that on The Ape. Well... Apparently that's not happening. So Roald Dahl's publisher responds to backlash by keeping classic, in quotes in this headline, classic text in prints. So, yeah. Um, fat is still okay to call fat people. Fat people are fat. Let's just, you know. I, here's the I thing. I think it's so it funny like, You can't this. use fat, but large or enormous is good. That almost is, feels is, worse is it, to me. Worse, yeah. No, I remember, and this is back in the days of Chicago, the early days in Chicago. This is early 90s. Um, I ended up going, one of the big things my mom wanted me to do was go on the Oprah Winfrey show. She, that's all she wanted was, <laughs> like, I know that's the weirdest fucking. Like, be a, a guest be, on. Be on it. She wanted me to be on the Oprah Winfrey show. God, why? That's what mom wanted. Because mom liked watching Oprah Winfrey and her, her at the time, her only sort of uh, metric for Chicago was Oprah. 
what did she want you to do so, on Oprah? Like, my boy, you're, she you're never so said, fun. You should do stand-up on Oprah. Like, what was She never opinion? said she just wanted me to be on Oprah. So I went, I, I sat in the audience a lot, right? Oh, my God. Well, then at, at one such, point. Donnie, you're such a good boy. <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing what I can. But at one point, they, I get there to go see a show. Because they, they don't tell you the topic. You just get a ticket. It's a free ticket. And you sit in the audience. But they bring up that the topic is going to be, at the time, again, Fat women who are re-embrace who are embracing the term fat. They're going to say, "Yes, we're fat, and and we think it's healthy and wonderful, and that's what we're going to do." And I'm thinking, so Lizzo ain't nothing new. No, yeah, well, they, I mean, yeah, exactly. This is in the yeah. early '90s. But so they, the 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 showrunner or whatever it was is like, so does anybody have a strong opinion about it? Like, the whole time, every time I go, I'm listening to the topic saying, "Is there some way?" I can say something that will say, let's put that yeah. guy on TV. That's really my goal. It's like, how do so you get I, into course, jury duty? You know? That's exactly yeah. right. So I, 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 I go, I just said, they're fat and they're fat and that's it. And, and I don't think you can make that a positive thing. And so I do my thing. Well, I get on TV. Shut I, the they, fuck they, up. <laughs> they have the panel and from the audience, they do the thing where I stand up and they put a microphone in my mouth and I, and I say that and I get into an argument with a woman in the aisle with me who happens to be a big fatty. And I call her on TV She's a big fatty. She's not a big fatty. She's enormous. Be yeah, nice. Okay, whatever. Be but, nice. But I think what I think is so funny about it is, is in the early 90s, it was we're going to embrace the term fat the way black people have embraced the N-word mm-hmm. as their own sort of like, boom, we're going to empower. The way that gay men have embraced the, the fag word. You know, I mean, it's like we're just going to embrace it and then we'll change. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Now... Now certain elements are like, well, apparently that didn't work. <laughs> apparently re-embracing <laughs> fat didn't really work because it still hurts their feelings. So we're just going to eliminate it and say enormous, which is just not cool. Oh, so dumb. I'm just, I'm glad that they're like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. This is stupid. Yeah. We're keeping it in there. Yeah. Enough. Enough. Yeah. Hey, seriously. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, your next headline, a sci-fi magazine has cut off submissions after a flood of AI-generated stories. So (laughs) the science fiction, first of all, I I, I love this so much. The science fiction and fantasy magazine Clark's World has been forced to stop accepting any new submissions from writers after it was bombarded with what it says were AI-generated stories. So the editor-in-chief of Clark's World, a guy by the name of Neil Clark... (laughs) It's Clark's World. That makes total sense, man. Um, he's saying that the that these submissions were clearly machine written. So here we have it. Are the robots taken over? Because now we can't submit to Clark's World anymore, even as regular you know, old humans. Also, I a, feel a really science fiction magazine. Sorry, <laughs> I know is, that's what it, that's the irony. Sorry, yeah, no, but that's the irony, and that's my takeaway: is the irony of a science. Oh, there you go. Uh, the science fiction magazine refusing to take AI-generated copy <laughs> is just the highest in, in, in... The only thing I can think of that's more hypocritical, in my opinion, is for someone to lecture me for smoking cigarettes, how bad it is for my health, as they stuff their face with Doritos yeah. and a 32-ounce Dr. Pepper. It's like, are you fucked? But the, the science, that's just su- such hypocrisy and such a missed opportunity. It's a science fiction magazine. Lean the fuck into that AI shit. Yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah. That's 
All right. Uh, your next headline. A four-day workweek pilot was so successful, most firms say they will not go back. Well, you know, they also said that they were going to do remote work forever. As long as, hey, they'll do a four-day week, work week as long as it ends up uh, supporting the bottom line financially. Because sure. let's, just, let's just not pretend. Let's never pretend in our lifetimes that corporations give a flat fuck about their workers. No. They just don't. They Everybody knows it. You know, the more people in a corporation, any corporation that has more than 500 people in it is fucking, they don't give a shit about the people because those people are no longer people. They're just paychecks they have to pay. Mm -hmm. And how do we minimize those paychecks? So I don't buy I didn't it for shrink a it back. I would say the corporations with more than 150 people, they start to you become know, numbers. Exactly. And, and they're paychecks. just numbers. Yeah. And as, as soon as they're just numbers, uh, then it makes it really, really easy yeah. to justify cuts. So the four-day work week, probably for a couple of businesses, that'll go until all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, we're paying people too much money. Yeah. You know, so why don't we just pay them for the four days? Yeah. And then it's fucked. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's fine, but I don't buy it. All right. Your last headline this week. God, the, the downfall of the Dilbert creator has just been a Oh Scott Adams. This oh my fucking God. guy. What a fucking douche. Newspapers I'm sorry. have dropped <laughs> after like so many years of, of Scott I Adams know, being an of asshole. His bullshit. Newspapers yeah. have finally dropped the Dilbert comic strip after a racist rant by its creator. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, Scott Adams, after a, a rant on his online video program uh, where he urged white people to, quote, get the hell away from black people. Uh huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, did you know that you know the background of why he went on this rant? Uh, no. This is the fun. This is the funniest thing. Is a a Reddit troll, um, who was obviously a, a you know like a MAGA type. I, I mean, I don't know if it's MAGA, but basically, what he did was he created. Uh, he decided that he was going to print up sheets in New York where Scott Adams lives in New York that basically sheets that he was going to paste everywhere to say and it said it's okay to be white that's what the it, that's all it said it said it's okay to be white and his thing was he wanted a videotape to see how many liberals pulled those notices down and yeah. threw them away so he does this well Scott and this is a troll this isn't a serious poll this there's nothing serious about this this is literally a fucking prank by you know somebody that wants to be veritas uh. and Scott Adams thinks it's serious he thinks this is a serious thing and loses his shit over it and gets online and starts spouting his racist bullshit and of course who reads Dilbert it, first of all first of all mm -hmm. Who legitimately reads the comics in any major newspaper ever anymore? And number two, who reads fucking Dilbert and gives a shit? Yeah. And number three, fuck you, Scott Adams, you racist piece of shit. I think all those things can be true at the same time. What I love is that the Anti-Defamation League denounced the it's okay <laughs> to be white statement as a, as a hate chant. 
I mean, which it's not a hate chant. I think it's perfectly fine to be it white. It is okay. And anybody it's, that yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna. But the thing about it is, it's and, and this is one of the things that I have a problem with in general identitarian polit- political sort of stuff. Is I'm white. I don't feel bad about it, but I'm not like proud of it. No, it's not like I get up in the morning and go. I'm white and I'm really proud to be I'm just white. It's like saying, I'm proud to be a man. Let me take my mediocre Irish dick and wave it around. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not that proud. I'm not I'm 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 fine with being white. I'm fine with being a man. But you, um I'm fine with being heterosexual. I'm fine with all these things. But it's not like I'm walking around saying how fucking proud I am of it. It's ridiculous. Well, we should correct you. You're it's not a mediocre Irish dick, it's a mediocre Welsh dick. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Stop your cultural appropriation. There are six things you should do this week. All right. uh, First thing this week is a watch. It's taken me a while. I finally got Katie on board to watch the third season of Dead to Me on Netflix. It's a streaming service. I don't know if you've heard. They used to send out DVDs, apparently. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've, been, I've been too busy uh, planning mass shootings, so oh. I just I don't watch TV. Yeah. Yeah, De- Dead to Me. Have you, have you watched Dead to Me at all? Yes, it's, okay, it's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful. This season, though, it's, it's tricky because it's been a couple years between, and now Christina Applegate has MS, and she looks... Yeah older and and heavier because of the medication and she looks like i don't know she say looks sick, like somebody with ms yeah. she just looks like somebody with ms yeah sure and they're doing all these all those camera tricks and all those directing tricks to like cover it up like i swear to god there's body doubles and things as she's walking because i don't think she can like walk as well anymore like during the filming like this is part of why it took so long to get here on top of on top of the pandemic but so why it took so long to get the third season, because Christine has been sick and dealing with MS. Um, but they've made, I mean, spoiler, like they made her pregnant in the show. Like they're just doing all these things to like cover it up. Um, but other than like, you're just thinking about Christina Applegate being sick. Yeah. It's great to have it back because this show, the the chemistry between it's just, Christina it's Applegate so and Linda well Cardellini yep. is so wonderful. And I want them to be the best of friends in real life too cuz yeah. their relationship is just their chemistry is so 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 good um and James Marsden is a, always a treat it's great yeah. he's great yeah it's a really good show though. Yeah. i completely agree i've not watched season 3 but i will now that you say it my first thing is a read um it is uh through the safety net by charles baxter it is a book of short stories um, I follow Chuck Palahniuk on his Substack, and once in a while he recommends a book uh, that that you know is worth reading. And I really love this guy's writing. I re- I mean, I don't even know what I mean. I've got the book, but it's it's I'm I'm not even finished with the book. But I mean, every story is really nice, and it's it's put together well. There's always an un. It's an ending that I didn't expect. This is what I love about his writing is he sets up these worlds and these situations between people where you think this is what will happen and it never happens 
the way you think it does, but then when you read what actually happens, you go, yeah, okay, okay, that's not where I thought it was going to go, but that's that's a really, what does that say about people? Mm-hmm. It's a really good book. It's great fiction. I highly recommend it. It's an old Through book. The Safety it Net. came out in yeah, it is 98 or? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not brand new, yeah. but it was when Chuck, when Chuck Palahniuk says, I think you should read this, yeah, I'm yeah. going to read it. And, and, and it's, I, I just can't get enough of it. I love it. I think it's a great book. Great. Uh, my next thing is a listen, uh, because the, this is really, when are the Oscars? Are they? T- March, March 12th. Great. So this is about the Oscars. It's a fresh air episode, uh, podcast and NPR podcast with, uh, Terry Gross, who I, I don't even, I shouldn't even admit this, but like, how is Terry Gross not a lesbian? <laughs> she totally is. But she's not. She's been married to a a, a man who identifies as a man for like 157 years. That's I don't know. True. It's just I don't, I don't know. know what it is, but like Terry Gross in my mind, and it I don't care. She's just like it's yeah. just like she's, she's like, like Bechdel. She yeah. she, she looks she, yeah, you know, it's like eh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. And I love Terry Gross and like one of my life goals that will probably never happen is that I'm Interviewed by Terry Gross on Fresh Air for something I've done. Hopefully not shooting up a mass shooting or being related or connected to a mass shooter. Like, David, you, yeah. you were a co-editor of Literate Ape with mass shooter Don Hall. Ah, fuck, Terry. Tell, tell yeah. us, did, did he ever, did, did, did he ever, when you were recording, actually mention he might mass shoot? And then you can bring this episode up and you can totally take it out of context. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's, that's absolutely what I'll do. But this episode um, is the gold, sweat, and tears behind the Oscars. And it's just, it talks about just how, how shitty and awful the Oscars are and how it's like, it's not as much about the quality of the film as it is about the quality of the campaign to get the film elected. Sure. And to get that actor elected to be, you know, how did Shakespeare in Love beat, uh, shit, whatever... Anyway, they talk about they talk about Harvey, Harvey Weinstein a lot because he oh yeah he was really he, good at that he, he modernized really the, the Oscar campaign so but yeah it's, yeah, it's an, really, really an, an interesting it. listen. All right, I will listen to it. My my second thing is a listen as well. Um, it is uh, the first uh, I don't know offshoot podcast by uh, Barry Weiss's The Free Press. It is uh, it is. Done by a woman who was part of the Westboro Baptist Church, was raised oh, in it. Oh, God. But no, I mean, the thing is, she was a child when they were doing it, so she kind of didn't have a choice. And then at a certain point when she turned 18, she, she realized this is fucked up and she left the church. Well, she decided she wanted to, to kind of dig into it. It is called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. And it re- the thing is, it is it is it is fascinating. What what I love about it is on the first end of it, and I'm only two or three episodes in, but the first end of it, it basically says that when Harry Potter came out, J.K. Rowling was demonized as the worst human being alive by the Christian right, and now because she has, and I don't think it's a controversial statement at all, basically said. Yeah, biological. There's two genders. That's it. That's where I'm going because you can't invade women's spaces, which, you know, the thing about it is everybody goes, oh, that's terrible. No, about 70% of the world agrees in biological sex. So to say that, that it's just, it's so like this outlier terrible thing. 
It's not like she says black people are genetically inferior to white people. That, that, that's, that is a contested, ridiculous, stupid thing to say. But to say that there are two biological sexes, not that egregious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, you know, but that's what this is. It's really interesting how she's breaking it down. She's making the comparison to uh, them wanting to burn her books because it was witchcraft and witches. <laughs> and now they want to burn her books because she has an opinion about transgender people. So it's just, I think it's interesting to listen to. Um, and so I recommend it. God, you know what I would do if I were J.K. Rowling is I would just take all of my money, buy myself an island or a planet, a beach planet, like the one in, uh, what's that dumb movie that didn't need to be made, the Star Wars one, Rogue One, you know, where everybody dies? Yeah, I like the Rogue One. I know. Um, and just, like, retire. Oh, no, I think she's doing, what she's doing with her money, I think she's doing really, because what she's done is in Scotland, she's created a crisis center for rape victims and uh, domestic abuse that is for biological women only. Oh, God. And and I think that's fucking fine. Of course it's fine. I think it's fine. It's like, didn't go someplace else. It's, don't go to J.K. Rowling's place. Go to another place that says yeah. that, you know, you're a dude who wears a wig and, and thinks you're a woman. Then you uh, can go there, too. Okay. That's fine. Okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. My third thing is, uh, it's another listen. It's a podcast. Uh, I'm back to Hit Parade. They surprised me with okay. this one. Um, as I've mentioned before, Hit Parade, Chris Malamphy is a writer for Slate. He, it's, it's music critique, but from a chart perspective. So he's not like a critic who likes or doesn't like things. He's like, let's look at the charts. What did the charts say? Um, but this is about Darius Rucker, former lead singer, <laughs> occasional lead singer of Hootie the Blowfish and yes. solo country star. Um, sure. It's a little love and some tenderness edition. How Darius Rucker defied genre stereotypes twice. First with Hootie and the Blowfish, then with his solo country stardom. And I, I can remember when Cracked Review came out in 95. Like, I loved that album. Loved yeah, it. Yeah. And I knew really good. what it was. And I had a lot of my friends. Were, I, was, I was also like getting into more, like getting deeper into like punk music and all my friends were already into it. And they're like, why are you listening to this Hootie bullshit? And I'm like, because it's good. Fuck off. Like, yeah. Who did the Blowfish? It was good music. It's a great fucking album. And great he's, goddamn and he's a album. Good con- and he's a good country star. He actually is a good yeah, country star. Yeah, he's a star, very so. ta- His voice is beautiful. Yeah, um, he's, and he's a good songwriter. He's a great he's a songwriter. songwriter. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish he didn't cover the song Wagon Wheel. I, I think that that is the dumbest song, one of the dumbest songs ever, ever written from a lyrical standpoint. Rock me gently like a wagon wheel. You don't want your wagon wheel, wagon wheel rocking. You don't. That's bad. So why do you? That's bad. Whatever. I could spend hours talking about how stupid that song is. But yes, this podcast it's it's especially fun because it's just it's Hootie and it's how Hootie like changed the game and the impact they had. And my last thing is a watch. It is on Amazon Prime. I am surprised that I like it as much as I did. Uh, Christoph Waltz is the consultant. Yeah. And it is, it, dude, the thing is, I, it, I didn't, I was like, oh, I kind of heard about it. Um, I heard him on, I think it was uh, The Gist, 
uh, or somebody, somebody was talking to, to Christoph Waltz, or maybe it was, uh, no, it was Bill Mark. He, he had him on as a guest. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Let me see what it is. It is not um, at all what I thought it was going to be. Because what I thought it was going to be was, oh, here's a boomer coming in and telling all these Gen Zs how to work. No, that is not what this show is about. Um, this is way more, what's the, uh, oh, is it Ray Bradbury? I can't remember. It is. Something, something wicked this way comes. Okay. This is sort of like the, the, the corporate version of that. <laughs> okay. And it, it is, it is, it is a complete, it, it completely surprised me. Um, I don't know yet if, uh, Christoph Waltz character is the devil or not, but there is enough indication that he might actually be Lucifer <laughs> in the form of a consultant. It is really compelling. It's well done. The acting is good. The writing is really on point. And he, of course, if it was anybody but Christoph Waltz, maybe I wouldn't have watched it, but man, <laughs> And hmm. they're only 30-minute episodes. It's good. It's really solid. It's fun. All right. And that's the show. I got to go that's and take show. care of the baby because Katie's got to go to work. So. And I've got to go work out and then spend my, spend my Sunday uh, editing this podcast and doing some writing because I have some things that I want to write about, including how incredibly, incredibly dull the Monster Jam was. Oh, really? Oh, like... Well, that's like, going to be worth reading, because... Yeah, yeah. Not that your stuff was, isn't always was, worth reading, but, I'm, but I need to know it I was, need to know about this. We left... We were there for 90 minutes, and finally... And we were laughing at it so badly. It was so bad that at one point I looked at my mom, and I said, you want to go? And she said, no, I want to stay all the way to the end because this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh. And then 10 minutes, and then 10 minutes later, she went, you still want to go? I said, yeah, let's go. And we left. Oh my God. I fell asleep. Right. What? I fell, fell asleep, asleep at the monster, monster gym. gym. I'm telling you, it was, it's some lazy motherfucking, it's some lazy production value. That's all I got to say. Well, I, I'll, you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll put it out. We can talk about it next week. Okay. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.